It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. This is Debbie Kiever, and I'm here with Laura Pereno. And we are having fun working through the armor of God for the months of November and December. A lot of our um, quotes are coming from a, a Bible study series from Priscilla Shirer. And then it was mixed with a whole lot of ideas as Laura and I just study on our own and, and have fun talking about this topic. Uh, we'll be adding a lot of our own thoughts in here too. If you have not looked at the armor of God in Ephesians 6, uh, it starts in verse 10 and it goes up to about 18. Um, we are highlighting today, I'm going to highlight two verses. Let's start off just looking at verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. We have been focusing on that you and I are in a very real battle with a very real enemy. We can't see him, but we absolutely can feel his influence on our lives. But we are... We can take courage because God has given us everything we need through this the armor that he provides for us that we need to choose to pick up. We talked about you may have the armor, but if it sits in your closet, it doesn't help you at all. Uh, last week, we focused on how to guard your heart when we looked at the breastplate of righteousness. And today, the title of this podcast is How to Have Peace in your chaos. And I smile because I, I don't know that any of us can say that we are chaos free, um, especially in our nation right now, in our personal lives. There will always be a battle. There will always be moments of chaos. But how priceless is the gift of peace in the midst of it? And Christians, we are we're no, we need to be known not only by our love, but as our with our peace that he gives us in the midst of the chaos. We're jumping down today in verse 15, it says, part of the armor is with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, this is about our what we put on our shoes, Laura. I think in our world, we have so many funny lines that talk about uh, shoes. For example, you don't really know what I've lived because you haven't walked in my shoes. Yeah, exactly. And really, um, how much like if the shoe fits, then wear it. That's something you hear all the time. Do you remember Dorothy in Wizard of Oz? I mean, did you have the little red shoes? The, <laughs> no, but I think I, Emily did. <laughs> if I click my heels together. Yep, yep, that's right. And Cinderella also, Deb. I mean, it's funny how Disney even uh, lines up with the stories about shoes and how important that, you know, Cinderella proves that, you know, a good pair of shoes can change your life. No, I also remember, Deb, maybe, maybe you do too, uh, putting on my mom's shoes when I was young. And I remember Emily putting on my shoes when she was young. And uh, and honestly, she still puts my shoes on and she's not young anymore. But in this lesson, uh, one of the things that Priscilla Shire starts out with talking about is the fact that um, we can put on a lot of people's shoes. But as we go in the armor of God, we are putting on our father's shoes. We are putting on the shoes that God gave us to wear in order to stand strong in our battle. You know, in the word of God also, uh, shoes are all over the place. Debbie, I'm sure as, as we've talked so many times on this podcast, uh, you and our listeners would remember that when uh, the Israelites were in the wilderness, they were told when to take their shoes on and when to take them off. In fact, Moses and Joshua were, were told to take 
their shoes off at the border. Uh, well, Joshua was told to take his shoes off at the border of the promised land, and Moses was told to take his shoes off even when he approached the burning bush. And the Israelites, the amazing factor, and don't you think this would be great for us, would save a lot of money, that the Israelite, they never had their shoes wear out for 40 That's right. years. That's right. Can you imagine having the same pair of shoes for That's 40 right. years? That's right. The fact it's that amazing. my feet would still fit them after 40 years. <laughs> the shoes are shoes are a fascinating thing. They're, they, they're the last thing you put on when you're getting dressed in the morning. And when you come in, right, they're the first thing that you take off. In fact, there's a lot of houses that there's a rule. Yes. Right? Take your shoes off, put them at the door. And they're not, they're not just meant to be cute, right? Um, they're meant to have a purpose. And yep. Jesus, he absolutely had shoes that had a purpose. And his feet were shod with the, the gospel of peace. And that's what he is calling us to do, too. I think of Jesus' feet, how phenomenal that he's Emmanuel. Jesus walked with us. He was there with us. Uh, in Isaiah 6, 9, it says that, that he, that's Jesus, will be called the Prince of Peace. And his kingdom will have no end. It's not that he just brings peace. He's the prince of peace. He is the one Amen. that brings the peace. He calls the shots with peace. Now, there are, there are shoes that we put on, you know, and the situation um, uh, doesn't change, right? We have maybe some rocky terrain coming ahead and we put the shoes on and think maybe the terrain will get better. No, we put shoes on and they prepare us for regardless what the situation is like. The shoes that he is calling us to put on these shoes with the gospel of peace is not to make the battle go away. That's right. It's to make us change, That's right? right? We're going to go into the battle either way. Are we prepared to go in with peace or are we uh, prepared to uh, fall apart in yep. the chaos? Yep, that's right. And and when we're wearing these shoes, I think it's interesting, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later too, but we can, you know, in the world, a country is either at peace or it's at war. In the word, as a Christian, right, we find out that we are always in battle and we actually can have peace in the war. And we have shoes that are purposed for the occasion um, when we are just walking this walk in the world, you know, you think about you're going to a, a, a baseball game, you're going to wear your sneakers, you think about you're going to a fancy um, event, you're going to maybe wear heels or something, you know, with straps, you're going to choose your shoes for the occasion. But the thing that happens because we are believers in Christ, because we are always in a battle, the shoes of peace that we wear, they fit every single occasion that we are given, right? It's one size fits all. It's not what size do you need. God has one size in the shoes of peace and they fit all of us. Also, these shoes are given to us as a gift. I think it's interesting because shoes are probably one of the things I would never give somebody as a gift because shoes are so um, particular on size. You know, sometimes I wear an eight, sometimes I wear an eight and a half. And so it's hard to find the right size for people when you buy shoes for them. But when God gives us his shoes, they fit all of us and they are a gift. Peace is a gift that he gives to us. We'll see that later on as well. But we have a good gift giver who has given us a perfect pair of shoes in order to stand in our struggles. It's funny how when you are teaching something, when you're living it, you often have um, circumstances that really become uh, images or stories that you can tell when you are teaching something. I know you know what I'm talking about, Deb. And 
sometimes those lessons that we live are kind of painful. And as I was uh, preparing this Bible study many years ago to teach to the ladies, um, I remember one night during this prep, I was emptying my dishwasher. And mind you, my shoes were not on and they were right by the door, right by where I was standing, close to the dishwasher. And I remember that uh, being in a hurry, as I tend to be, I took something out of the dishwasher. And in fact, I actually remember it was a Corel plate, right? They are never supposed to break, never supposed to shatter. But one did break, one shattered, and um, little glass shards got all over the place. Now, mind you, the shoes were still right there. I saw the danger. I saw the glass, but I thought, I've got this. And I remember getting the vacuum cleaner out and, and cleaning up the glass and thinking everything's good. Still did not put my shoes on, even though they were right there. My shoes were available to me, but I did not put them on. It wasn't long before I, I experienced a sharp pain in my foot and looked down to see blood on the floor. There had been a, a shard of glass that was still waiting <laughs> to be cleaned, and I cl guess I cleaned it up with my foot. And so I ended up with a pretty significant foot injury when my shoes were right next to me if I had only put them on. I think that is a tactic that the enemy uses all the time. We let our guard down when we forget that we are at battle. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, when we, I don't know if you notice this, but when you go on a vacation, you don't experience battles quite the same as when you're in the regular daily life. And it is easier to sit back and become a little more complacent, maybe with your your time with the Lord, because you're after all you're on vacation, as if you could take a vacation from your walk with the Lord. Yeah, right. And so it's those times like that, that the sliver, right? The sliver of glass that was there because you said, I've got this. Yep. Right? If you're away or you're in a season where things are pretty calm, it's easy to let your guard down and my shoes are sitting there on the floor, but I'm not picking it up yep. and, and wearing them. And what will catch me is not the big obvious stuff. It's the hidden things, the deceptive things that the enemy will lay little traps. Yep. And we didn't see them. Yep. Because our guard was down. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So he's been giving us this gift, but I guess the point is we got to put it on. Right. right. He, he is our piece, but we have the choice if we're going to wear these shoes or not. Um, Ephesians 2, 13 to 14 is a passage that we're going to look at a few times as we go through this podcast. And it is a an amazing passage as our, you know, as is every uh, word in the word of God. But listen to this because it really relates to how we are to walk and why we can walk in peace. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. He himself is our peace. Now taking that, that phrase that we're going to use right now, and, and think about this story that I'm going to tell you. Um, Tony Evans tells a story about an art contest when we were doing this Bible study. And he talks about the fact that uh, a group of people was asked to draw a picture of peace. And many of the people uh, drew a picture. And I guess I could ask our listeners and I ask myself, what would a picture look like if we were to draw a picture representing peace in our lives. I think the natural inclination would be to draw a picture of a stream with beautiful trees and maybe it's spring and the flowers are blooming and 
everything maybe there's birds singing right and and everything just looks like again let's go back to disney like a beautiful disney movie it's a, a perfect place it looks like a picture of peace that's our perspective on peace but he shares that one person drew a completely different picture while everybody else used beautiful pastel colors and soft watercolors uh this individual used harsh colors and drew a, a violent uh, storm where you could see that the wind was blowing and you could see rain and lightning and black and and just a very, very dark place. And in the middle of the, the dark and the black and the wind and the lightning was a small branch and on that branch sat a small bird and that bird was unaffected uh, by the darkness and the storm and the wind that was raging around him. The truest picture of peace is when we can stand or sit like that little bird when the world is ranging raging around us you know I almost think that the first picture of the river in the meadow and the the pretty flowers is peace as the world sees it but the second picture where there is clearly a battle going on and yet the bird is undisturbed Maybe we could say it's peace as the warrior sees it because we are all in a battle. We are all warriors. Are we going to sit in the place of peace that Jesus has prepared for us? Or are we going to sit in a false peace that we try to um, draw up in our own minds? I want to have the peace because I know the chaos is always coming. I want to be that bird, be the bird, right? That sits on the, the perch um, unaffected when the chaos is all around. We don't really appreciate that peace until we are in that storm and we're sitting next to the Prince of Peace, right? He now he lives in us, he's with us, and it's the more we can get his perspective on the moment. If he doesn't look rattled, then I'm not going to look rattled. Amen. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't understand that are going around me and 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 he's not asked me to understand and see things from his perspective. As long as I'm staying in that place of abiding and staying connected to him, then if he looks like he stands up and needs to go do something, then I need to really pay attention, you know, to move on it. But as long as his perspective is peace, um, then I need to trust that he is in control and I need to do what I need to do to stay close to him. I, you know, all these years, Lord, you were a teacher and I certainly taught kids for a long time. You can look in two different rooms, uh, but let's say preschool room. And in one preschool room, there's tons of motion and there's kids throwing things and there's laughter and maybe there's a kid crying because they fell and got hurt. And it looks from the outside looking in like it's chaos. But you see this smiling teacher in the midst of it and she looks fine. And, and she is the picture of peace in the midst of something that looks a little crazy. To me, as a, as a, if I were another student, and I'm looking up at the teacher and she looks okay, then I'm going to keep enjoying what I'm doing. And the noise and the, the movement level is not going to rattle me because she is at peace. And she is overlooking the whole thing. When you put a room full of 20-some preschoolers, nobody can sit still. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be a constantly moving um, environment. And I'm going to pace my heart based on what I see in her. That being said, you can go into a room of 20 other students and it's silent and nobody is moving and there's absolutely no peace Mm -hmm. because there's no peace, um, you know, in the teacher that's 
probably just gave them the right the riot out yes, with yes, rhythm, that's right. right? And there is no peace. So the constant, you know, stuff that's going on in our lives, as long as he's he is our peace, he's what grounds us. Then, then that's the perspective that we really need. You know, the world says that you're either going to be at peace or you're going to be at war. But the word of God says that we are always going to be at war mm-hmm. and he is always our peace. Now, if we lack peace, then we're not, we're not prepared. We're not wearing the armor of God that he's given us. We're not sticking close to him and we're not listening to his perspective. So the this notion of you're either at peace or you're at war is, is really not a biblical. As long as you've decided to follow Christ, just put yourself in that place where I've drawn a line in the sand and the enemy will always be coming after me. But that supernatural peace that he gives, n- nobody in the world can give it to us. Not a doctor's you know, report, not somebody in our family, not even a well-meaning friend. It only comes from him. Amen. That is so true. I love your analogy there of the teacher in the classroom being at peace. Um, because the word for peace in the Bible is a word that we hear quite often. It's shalom. It's a, that's the Hebrew word. And in the Greek, it, it's a word that's spelled E-I-R-E-N-E. And not quite sure how to pronounce that without just saying Irene. Uh, but it's a word that means completeness, wholeness, inner resting of the soul, a peace that doesn't fluctuate based on the outside influence. That's what that, that's what that teacher has in that classroom. You know, she she has an inner resting in her soul, regardless of what's going on around her. And that's really what we can have in our souls as well. I think uh, we often think of peace as just being able to get through a day or whatnot. That's not the peace that Jesus came to give. I think about 9-11 too. The day after 9-11, you know, we were in a war Uh, But it was a different kind of war. We didn't see a battle going outside of our front door. But wow, there was a lot of unrest in our souls. We have the option in moments like that to have a a completeness and a wholeness and a resting in our souls in the middle of a battle. Or we have the option to live in a state of fear and anxiety when we are in a battle. The peace that he came to give means that we can rest complete and whole regardless of what's going on around us. It's also a a word that um, the definition in the Greek says uh, it's an exemption uh, from the rage and havoc at war. It does not say that this peace is an exemption from war. And that's exactly what you were relating back to. But it is an exemption from experiencing the havoc or the rage that comes in the battle. So we've been given peace, the Bible says, so we can stand. Uh, one of the things Priscilla says in the Armor of God series is that there are a few pieces of armor that we are to put on and never take off, like the belt of truth, the breast, breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of peace are something else that we are to put on and keep on at all times. There are other pieces of armor like the sword and the word that we use our hands to pick up. But this is something that we should always have on. And how many times, I don't know if if you're like this, Debbie, or maybe our listeners are, but you already referenced that the shoes are the last thing that we put on before we go out the door. Well, I can be all dressed up in my um, outfit for the day. I can have my bag packed with what I need for the day. I can have my water bottle ready to roll with ice and lemon. But when I get to the door, if I can't find my shoes, (laughs) all of a sudden, my outfit gets disheveled because I have to run around and get on the floor and look under the couch. 
uh, my bag gets tossed to the side because I need to be at the place I need to be in the time that I need to be there and I cannot find my shoes. As many times as this has happened in my life, I start crying out because my husband usually knows where all of my shoes are. Crying out for somebody else to help me find my shoes. You can see the picture here. This woman who looked the part of the world's peace now is no longer operating in peace because not being able to find my shoes puts my situation in chaos and puts me in chaos. And by the time I find the shoes and I put them on and I get in the car, you're late. All of a sudden, that's right. I'm <laughs> late. I'm anxious. I'm I'm thinking, how in the world can I find another route to get to where I need to be in a faster mode? I'm looking on my phone, right? The enemy wants us to not be able to find our shoes. He wants us to think, yeah, we got this. Our bag's packed. Our water bottle's ready to go. I'm looking good in my outfit. But when it comes to it, he wants us to say, oh, yeah, those shoes, and then not be able to find them. It will put us into chaos, and we will end up in a place where our emotions are so off kilter with worry and anxiety we won't be able to function when a storm comes. And this is really a minimal storm that could have been prevented. We can't go into a battle barefoot, right? We have to have our shoes. And if we have them on all of the time, when the enemy comes against us, we're already in a state or a position of peace. And we don't have to go searching for the peace that we should already be standing in. You know, a little piece of history, which I find fascinating, the soldiers in the American Revolution, if you read about some of the challenges that they have, so many of them went down. They died, not because somebody shot them or killed them, but because they didn't, they either they did not have shoes or they had insufficient shoes. And they, they developed sores, which, be, you know, blisters became infected and disease, sepsis would take them down. It was like rot in their feet. They also would die from uh, frostbite because they, their shoes were not there or not sufficient in keeping them protected. They're great soldiers, right? In a battle that was of uh, great importance, but their shoes, the lack of shoes was what took them down. It makes you weak. It's a vulnerable place. And so for each you and I, if we are not putting on and keeping on these gospel, uh, gospel of peace on our shoes, we are putting ourselves at great risk of, of, being uh, kind of fallen prey to the enemy's attacks. We have no excuse for not having shoes on. It's not like we can't find them, right? Here, the Prince of Peace mm -hmm. lives in us. That's right. And we have to choose to surrender to him daily to his way of doing things. And his way is always with peace. That's right. Now, we've looked back at some of the soldiers, the, the armor of God. The, the soldier would wear these shoes called um, Caliga. Did I say that right? That's yeah, close. <laughs> close well, enough. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's not part of my normal vocabulary. But you've, you've seen the pictures. They're, they're leather. They're open around the, around the foot, the ankle. There's these leather straps that go around. But on the bottom of these soldiers' shoes are hobnails. It's kind of like today's um, metal cleats. And so what they would do is the hobnails underneath these shoes would keep the soldier grounded. It didn't matter what kind of terrain they were in. It would dig down into the uh, into the ground and give them a more solid foundation so that when something would press into them, knock into them, it's an extra security measure 
to, for their for their balance. And you and I, we know what it's like to have somebody suddenly run into us. Usually, um, they were like three feet tall, and they you weren't expecting them to come, <laughs> um, but they just they throw you off balance right away. There's a lot of things. It takes one phone call. Yep. It takes one you know letter from the IRS. It's it's one thing. Uh, your boss calling. Can I talk to you for a minute? We're downsizing. Yep. Right. It's it's that doctor's report that comes in. Um, it's that leak suddenly in your bathroom. It's it doesn't take much to what we refer to it as steal your peace. Yes. And so really, the enemy tries to steal our peace, but these uh, the, the gospel of peace, the prince of peace in our lives, is like that hobnail that we dig down deeper when somebody is um, trying to disrupt our apple cart, right? I think of when I get that pressure that comes out of nowhere, when I get that phone call, uh, my emotions are triggered right away and my emotions do not trigger immediately into peace. <laughs> yes, you know, right. they, it's panic, it's anxiety, it's fear, it's, it's the unknown. And it's at that moment I have a decision to pause and like ground myself in trusting the perspective of the Father God, you see, it's like the teacher. Is the teacher rattled? You know, God, are you rattled? No, nothing rattles you. So I'm going to stay close to you and and ask for that supernatural peace in that moment. Because if I don't, I will very likely make a rash decision. My, I'll speak, you know, like so I will say something that I will later regret. I will make a very quick judgment about somebody or the circumstance. I will make a very quick decision based out of those initial emotions that when I'm not peaceful, I'm not a good decision maker. And it's a lot harder to pick up the pieces later. Uh, it's better to just stop. Stop and ask the Holy Spirit, what's your perspective? It's like that digging those cleats in the ground and say, I'm going to dig into you, your peace to make a good decision. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the things that uh, you read in the very beginning of, of this episode was the, the scripture on what our shoes are. Our shoes are uh, the shoes of peace, but the word actually puts some other words in there that are so key on how we can have this peace, uh, not just in our relationship with God, but in our relationship with others. It actually says that we are wearing the shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. So what is the readiness of the gospel? It means we are prepared with the gospel and that's what gives us this peace that we have. Well, the word gospel, uh, you know, if you have not heard that word before, or maybe you're familiar with it, we, we relate to the gospel as being good news. The definition of the gospel is good news. But when we really think about it, it the gospel is not just good news. And when we go into this, you're going to see the gospel is unbelievable news. There's a passage that we read also in the beginning from Ephesians 2, 13. I'm going to read this again. I'm going to focus on a few different words this time. The first thing that we focused on really was the fact that Jesus is our peace. But we're going to go on here to verse 13 and 14 of Ephesians 2. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. What Paul is saying, inspired by the Holy Ghost, is that in Christ Jesus, who we've already talked about in Ephesians 2, is our peace. Those of us who were far away from God because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have been brought near to God because of Christ. Now, 
just saying it like that, not not even going into the detail of what Christ did in order to bring us back to God, to restore that relationship, to restore that fellowship. To just say that is good news. It is good news. But this is where we have to go back to that word unbelievable. The shoes of the readiness of the gospel of peace. It is unbelievably good news that we can be reconciled to a place of peace with God after we have been so far off and distant. You know, Adam's and Eve's sin in the garden, it it took us to a place where we had separation with God. But it is unbelievable news that God wove this story of redemption for us to be able to be brought near to God by what Christ did through his sacrifice on the cross. So that's the first part, right? That is unbelievable news that the gap has been bridged and we can have peace with God. What Debbie just spoke about, peace in the battle, peace in the war. We can only have that kind of peace. We can only put these shoes on when we come to that place where we where we walk over that, you know, gap that's been bridged and come back into right relationship with the Lord. But there is another part here too. And while our relationship with God is always first, it's always central, it's always uh, primary when we talk about anything in the word of God, we have to have that relationship first. Look at the rest of the verse. He is our peace who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. The peace that comes from Jesus Christ is not only a peace that reconciles our relationship to God, but Deb, and and in this time where there is so much division and so much disunity in our country, in different parts of the church, politically, globally, the peace that comes with these shoes is a peace that comes to break down dividing walls so that we can stand together, unified as one. The shoes that are we wear, they are shoes that we wear purposed to keep us together. It is unbelievable news that in the face of news reports and uh, battles and struggles and one group against the other, that the church can stand out and look different. We can have differences of opinion, but we can stand unified. Ephesians 2, 13 and 14 tells us that if we will keep our shoes of peace on, then regardless of the struggle around us, we can come, just like you were just saying a couple minutes ago, we can come from a position of love and we will stand together instead of tearing each other apart. The enemy wants us not to be wearing our shoes because he would prefer to have us in a struggle Uh, against each other. But Ephesians 2 tells us that when we have him on our feet, when we have his peace on our feet, any two groups can become one, right? Any two groups, hostility has to be gone in the name of Jesus because when we are in the faith, we can come to a place where the gap has been bridged between us and we will stand unified. It will eat the enemy up because he does not want us to stand together. We are seeing it as we tear each other up. Let's be Christians. Let's be men and women who follow Jesus, who stand unified, wearing the shoes of peace. Boy, like you said earlier, too, it will show the world who Jesus is when we stand together as one. You know, it's got a great picture of those Roman soldiers. If you can just picture maybe some of the old movies you've watched, um, because they certainly didn't have their film back then. But soldiers would line up 
like immediately next to each other. It would be like this wall, one one army, one wall marching towards uh, their their enemy. And the neat thing about their shoes, uh, because they were allowed to grip in so firmly into the ground, you picture a soldier standing immediately next to another soldier, immediately next to another one, each one with their shoes, their Caliga shoes, like the, the cleats gripping into the ground. There were no gaps between these soldiers. And so if one tripped a little bit, the other ones were right there to hold them up. What an amazing picture of unity um, in one in one team, right? In one marching army versus um, what we see so often today. It's the one family of God, right? The one team and they're squabbling on the lineup. The enemy has a heyday with that. Any division that he can cause. You didn't see that in the soldiers, right? They stayed in rank. They stayed uh, immediately next to each other. That's what we that's what we need to aspire to be. We need to be women who have our feet shod with the gospel of peace. And when we do, that peace that's flowing in us can then flow to the people that are around us. I think we've all met somebody who carries that kind of peace of the Lord. And when they walk in the room, it it's like it changes the atmosphere of the room. They bring peace. And when your home is established as a place of peace, where the Prince of Peace is Lord, people will come in from their chaos and they'll, what is it about your home? What is it about your home? It's not the um, fragrant candle you're burning, right? It's the Prince of Peace. It's, it's what the difference that he makes. That woman, she's not going to be someone who bickers. She's not somebody who's easily offended. And when she does get offended, she recognizes oftentimes that the person who's offending her may not even be aware of it. Mm-hmm. She's very quick to forgive. I mean, this is, talk about a warrior princess. Yes. You know, yes. she's powerful yes. and she comes in power and peace. She doesn't have to be loud. Yep. Her peace is loud, right? It's yep. like, it's that it, it's that feeling that people get around her that's like, what is about you? So calm. You should not be calm in the circumstance you're in. And, and it goes right back to where is the peace coming from? What a beautiful, what a mighty woman of God who walks in peace. It doesn't matter if your shoes are, are real ugly and old and falling apart or they're like the most expensive latest model. The peace that you're carrying is coming from the Prince of Peace living in you. Amen. Even when you were talking there, Deb, and you had that visual of the warriors standing next to each other, it just put on my heart that we have a responsibility to keep our shoes on mm-hmm. because when one of us is not walking in peace it opens up a gap and uh, it gives the enemy a foothold we have a responsibility to our brothers and sisters in the lord to walk in peace in order to keep the enemy from getting in there and doing you know wreaking the havoc that he wants to wreak on the church especially in a time politically right now like we're in and globally we have to keep our shoes on if we want to stand so there's one other passage i want to um highlight today and boy don't we love how much word we are reading today because mm, that is That is it. This is my favorite thing to do is read the word of God. Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Here we go. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Called to peace. That sounds like responsibility to me. And be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This is a scripture that I go back to uh, at least weekly, if not daily. 
the word rule there, um, this is probably one of the Bible studies that impacted my life in such a ginormous way. The word rule there is the same word that would be used for an umpire in a game. And an umpire, what's the job of an umpire? It's to tell you what's in, what's out. It's to make sure that things are lining up with the rules. The umpire is the one who basically calls the shots in a game. If there's a question about whether something is in or out or a run or not a run or a bat or a walk or whatever it might be, um, when the umpire says what it is, like that's the way the game is going to go. There's no questioning what the umpire says. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ be the umpire in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ call the shots in your hearts. How many times do you get to a place where you need to go if you need to go a direction and you wonder if you're supposed to go A or you're supposed to go route B? Where's the peace of Christ? Where's the peace of Christ calling the shots in both of those walks? The place where the peace of Christ is is where we should be walking. If we have a crisis, we should immediately look not for where's the peace of the world, not where is the easy road, right? That would be wrong. But where is God's peace in this? Where do you feel the peace of Christ as you walk into your crisis, into this new job opportunity, into our political situation? Where is the peace of Christ? That is the place where we should be walking today. There's a, an interesting passage in John 14, 27, uh, where Jesus talks about peace. And if you think about this, this is the end, towards the end of Jesus's life. This is right before his arrest right? His, his awful beating, his um, crucifixion, uh, not, only, not only the physical um, trauma that went to him, but just being questioned and accused and falsely accused and having his disciples take off. And uh, the very people who were praising him one week were screaming for his death the next week. So this is about to happen. And he knew it, but the disciples did not. They had enjoyed um, three years of walking alongside of him. And had there been times of unrest, sure. But for the most part, Jesus was wildly popular, you know. And so he's preparing them for what is coming, not only in the next couple days for them, but for their future, knowing the persecution that was going to come to the church. So with that in mind, John 14, 27 is an amazing promise. He says, peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give you as the I don't give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Now remember, they're listening to this, thinking, "Peace I leave with you." I would be saying, "Where are you going?" Mm-mm. Right? And they don't know. They don't know. And this, this statement probably will not mean as much to them until later, when they go, "Oh, now I understand what he was talking about." But he's saying there is a change in the wind coming, you know, where you felt some opposition, but, you know, to say that phrase, you ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) And he's saying, look, in the midst of that, there is going to be trouble, but don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. It's like there's going to be chaos around you, but I am leaving my peace with you. And then he demonstrated it. He not only said it, but then he walked it out. You think about his arrest in the garden, right? The the one who is f- not freaking out in the midst of all of that is the one being arrested. Amen. In the midst of the um, the abuse that started to take place, he's the one healing a man's ear. He's the one 
putting his hands out and saying, here, go ahead and take me. You know, I'm surrendering to this, this process this is because the Lord, the, my father wants me to do this. And as he walked through that night, being dragged from town to town, being um, questioned, you know, and having his beard pulled out and, and all of the, all of the physical abuse that he endured that night, he spoke very little. You know, he wasn't defending himself and he wasn't blasting anybody. And mm-hmm. in the midst of the screaming and the chaos, you know, he's forgiving. Amen. And ultimately from the cross, he is forgiving and he's surrendering himself to his father's will. He never lost his peace in the midst of all of that. And people watched, right? People are watching. And even to the point that a Roman soldier who was likely wearing all of that gear looks up at him and is like, there's something different about this man. I've killed a lot of men and he's dying a very different death. Mm -hmm. And what was the difference maker? It was the peace that he showed. Now, what's going on in our world, right? What is the trial? What is the trial that you're in the midst of? What's the chaos? Whether it is just the thing that we're going through a lot as a nation, what's going on in your home? What's going on between your two ears? You know, and he is saying, look, in the midst of that, I'm your peace. I give it to you. You can't go find it. I give it to you. It's not like the world gives, right? The world is offering a lot of peace. If you can just take this trip, if you can just save this much money in your bank account, you can rest. Um, You know, I live with a wealth manager, right? That's what we do for a living. And there is no promise that a bank account will be your saving grace that will bring peace to your home. There's an awful lot of very wealthy people who are miserable, who have no peace and an awful lot of people that don't have a lot that have peace. So it says not as the world gives it's the peace that he gives us and it allows our hearts not to be troubled in the midst of all of this, nor do we have to fear because we're looking up at the Prince of peace. And if he's calm, it's kind of like the kid looking in the teacher's, you know, the teacher's face. If she's not pulling her hair out, then I think I'm okay. And it takes the fear away and it actually will settle down. Not only you, but those who are under your care can be at peace. Amen. You know, this just reminds me as we wrap up a, a story um, or maybe just a thought. You know, my husband flies for an airline and I don't get to ride in the plane very often with him. We don't get uh, to really ride anywhere right now. <laughs> this is very true. That's a very good point <laughs> as we find ourselves in 2020. But um, on a regular basis, pre-2020, um, I didn't have the opportunity often to be in the back of the plane when he was flying the plane. But when I do get that opportunity, um, and boy, I'm not going to take it for granted next time, um, I it's a treasure. And when he is the one who makes the safety briefing, you know, Deb, I, I know you can picture this, right? I want to stand up and say to everybody, like, that one's mine. Like, he's mine, that guy making the safety briefing. And I've seen my daughter, you know, when she was younger, get that big smile on her face when she saw her dad or heard her dad come over the um, speaker welcoming everybody on board. But knowing... Uh, that familiar voice and knowing the ability that my husband has when it comes to flying airplanes i can sit on that plane no matter where i'm going no matter what the destination is i can sleep on that plane i can um, rest on that plane i can stay at peace on that plane even when the winds get choppy 
when he says over the intercom, um, we're going to be experiencing some, some rough air, the flight attendants are going to have to take their seats, make sure your seat belts are on. I'm not the one who's gripping on to the, the seat with, you know, the white knuckles, because I know the one fly in the plane. And I can stay at peace because I know who is in charge, who is in control of getting me to my final destination. I think when we know the Prince of Peace, when we have our shoes on, when we know the umpire, when we know who calls the shots, regardless of the winds that get choppy, regardless of um, vectors or destinations that may change and we may go a different direction, we can stay in a place of peace. Just like me on the plane, we can actually rest in that place of unknown. We can actually take a nap and sleep, right? And be charged up and be who we are supposed to be in the middle of the storm. You know, regardless of what the world looks like today, and this is really for every single one of us, regardless of what the world looks like politically, regardless of what the world looks like with a pandemic, regardless of what the world looks like in our personal homes, today we can stay in our seats with our seatbelts on. We can rest and we can sleep because the one who is flying the plane died to bring us that peace and we are going to get to our destination complete and whole in that shalom that he came to bring. Uh, it is a powerful thought. So I that's our prayer today, right, Deb, as we go away from these shoes of peace, uh, this, this conversation. Um, I know it's encouraged me to make sure as I literally am sitting here barefoot at the moment, I want to make sure that I have my shoes of peace on. Um, because if we didn't have our shoes of peace on when we came into 2020, we certainly should have them when we're going out of it. Because we don't know what 2021 is going to bring, but we do know the one who is leading the way. So if you um, have been blessed by today or encouraged, we just ask that you'd share this, uh, this message with other people because honestly, the world needs the peace of God today. So share this message. Um, if there's something we can pray for you about, you know, you can always write to us at beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you uh, or talk to you. Share the, share our, the podcast on uh, Facebook, any social media platform. You know, we just want the world to know that there is a peace that can pass our understanding and it can be found in Jesus Christ. So thanks for being a part. Uh, we look forward to being with you next time as we continue on in the armor. There are still pieces that we need to put on and pick up. Uh, the Helmet of Salvation is up next and we are looking forward to getting together with you. So thanks so much uh, for Debbie and myself. We want to say thank you for being here. Have a great day and God bless you. Thanks, guys. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more. 